Welcome back, everyone, to the Risk Intel podcast, powered by SRA, where we share risk intelligence from experts across the banking industry. I'm your host, Ed Vincent, Executive Vice President at SRA. Please join me in welcoming Michael Glotz, co-founder and CEO of SRA, and Beth Watson, Vice President and Board Member of the Regional Akava RMA, past president of the Richmond RMA, and current director of customer success at SRA. Thank you guys for being with us today. Great, great to be here. Michael, it feels like understanding risk maturity level and managing risk over time should be foundational to a bank's risk management function. Can you briefly, briefly explain why a risk maturity framework is important, both from the bank's point of view and from a regulator's point of view? Yeah, a good question, Ed. And I would say uh, the risk maturity framework, in my viewpoint, is really the starting point of your entire ERM program. And, you know, I've, I've been around the, the risk area for over 30 years in the banking industry and been a chief risk officer. And I would say the starting point is, you know, how are you, how are you managing uh, your risk function? You know, What's the effectiveness of your risk function? What, you know, how are you uh, documenting the fact that you've invested in some areas, you're strong in other one area, you're weak in another area? Uh, and the risk maturity framework allows you to go through your entire risk program, identify where you're strong, where you're weak, and really develop that uh, roadmap for the next three years. So this is your strategic planning process for your own function. And, and as well gives you the ability to benchmark this in terms of not only how you're doing against your peers in the industry, but it also benchmarks you against where you should be for your size in the organization. So the starting point for really any enterprise risk director or chief risk officer is where are we today? What's our plan? And this framework allows you to do that. So that makes sense as to how you know, the chief risk officer would use this inside the organization, right? Interacting with senior management. Um, how does it help that risk officer then interact with, with a regulator? And what's the regulator's view of, of, of a, a framework like this? Oh, yeah, that's a really important question. Uh, first of all, most of you know, if you've been through a regulatory exam, that they have their checklist of things that they want you to have in place from a, a risk management and compliance perspective. The risk maturity framework is a super checklist, a super regulatory checklist. So you're making sure that you're uh, evaluating the things that they find important. Uh, and, and that's about half of the questions on the, on the framework. And the other half are industry best practice uh, type items. So when the regulators come, they're able to see your evaluation, the gaps, the plan, and they can say, oh my gosh, they've done a lot of my work for me. So you can help educate them and give them a great tool uh, as a starting point to show that you're super organized uh, as a chief risk officer. In order for you to, to demonstrate that, it seems like the, the intellectual property underpinning the risk maturity framework has to be extremely robust, right? To stand up to that regulatory scrutiny. So how did, SRA and the Risk Management Association collaborate to create such a robust risk maturity framework? Oh, uh, 
that was really the best part of this whole process. Uh, years ago, we developed at SRA our own risk uh, maturity framework. Uh, it was kind of embedded in some consulting work we did. We didn't productize it, but when the RMA reached out uh, to us, they wanted to really jointly develop a leading practice industry tool. And they lined us up with a dozen chief risk officers, Ed, that helped us review the framework, expanded the framework greatly. I, I could not have done it without, or SRA couldn't have done it without the 12 chief risk officers who added uh, different thoughts, concepts, ideas, for, and you know, from banks small to large. And it became, I would say, the lit industry leading product for assessing your risk effectiveness. So there's a, a wide range then of, of voices, minds, perspectives, and opinions at that table. Uh, and then that puts you in a position that this is applicable to banks across the across the uh, across the range of, of asset sizes, right? From the hundreds of millions up to the you know dozens and uh, uh, billions and above. Beth, you've taken more than 100 banks right through this journey of onboarding um, and using this risk maturity framework. Is that easy? Is it difficult? Can you take us take us through the process? How does that process work? Sure. Ed. So we have done all the work for these institutions. We have combed through all of the regulations and the guidance. So it's all in one place from you. And we've organized it into about nine different sections, which we call pillars. And from that, you'll answer a series of questions. And it's a drop down box where you can document where your current processes are for the risk maturity and then where your desired maturity would be. So it's a really quick and simple process to answer those questions initially. On average, it takes about six hours to do the first pass. And then from that, you can build out your roadmap on how you can address any gaps that you identify uh, to, to get to the desired maturity that you, you're looking to do. So that sounds efficient. Um, it also sounds pretty intuitive, and it sounds like something that a, a risk officer in a bank can undertake without leaning on a partner like SRA to, to run through that. Will that risk officer um, complete that maturity framework uh, assessment themselves? Will they bring other people in the, within the organization into the mix for those for those questions, answering those questions? It, it really depends on the institution. Some institutions have that person with all of that institutional knowledge that can do the first pass by themselves and then start that conversation to validate their understanding of how um, the, the corporation works. Um, or you could have a group of people that, that complete the risk maturity framework based on their areas of expertise. All right, so that's round one. Right, you you license this. You get in there. You you kind of run through that through through that process through that journey. Uh, how frequently do banks update the risk maturity framework? And do banks use the use the tool set in between those update cycles? So most of our institutions are updating it quarterly because they have found there are um, a number of, of gaps that they would like to address. And the system allows you to create a three year roadmap. Um, so you can identify those areas that are more important to you that you really need to complete quickly. And then you can do the ones that are a little bit lower priority, but you still need to address. And then on top of that, you can use those risk improvement activities 
to as an issue tracker for any of your examination or your internal or external audit um, findings. And it gets you away from that spreadsheet mentality and it's all in one place and you can address those roadmap items plus your issues all in one place. And I imagine if the regulators walk into the building to be able to show them, not only have you completed the, the, uh, the self-assessment, but then you've got an action plan and you're tracking and you, you're measuring your progress along the way. Exactly. I imagine that's pretty well received. Very well. Uh, can you share a bit of feedback that you receive from the banks who utilize the risk maturity framework? You know, a war story or two, if you will. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the, the biggest one is just, um, you know, I get a lot of, wow, thank you for this. Um, this really has shown us what we need to do and more importantly, how to get there. Uh, there was a lot of um, feedback that there's things out there that tell you what you need to do but how to get to the next level was not really well stated or organized. And especially with the roadmap to help you keep on track of those roadmaps, just, just having a roadmap item is fine. But if you have a due date, a progress status report, all of that to get you to that roadmap, um, it, it has just been fantastic. Uh, the conversations that are happening within these institutions um, amongst board members, senior management around all of um, the different areas that are in there has been fantastic. Um, just, just really great feedback and just can't believe how easy it is. Michael, I imagine from your perspective as well, right, having been in, in that seat of you know, a risk leadership position within an organization, to have something like this at your disposal gives you a mechanism then to, to interact with the board, for example, right, and, and to present your risk plan uh, in a way that is digestible to senior management and the board of directors. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And the boards have a responsibility to ensure that the bank they oversee has the right risk framework in place. So that's, that's an obligation. And a lot of times they really don't know what framework is in place or what extent. So you will be doing the board a big favor by giving them a nice summary that says, we have a risk framework. The RMA helped develop it with SRA. Here's where we are. Here's where the gaps are. And it'll probably the, be the first time they've ever seen something like that that's highly summarized, gives them the roadmap, and then it gives them something to help manage you a little bit along the way, making sure you get the right resources, the right systems, the right process in place uh, over that three-year period. So it's a win-win uh, for the board and the management team. Right. And I think in closing, the the you know one of the areas that I've been excited to learn about is the the fact that in in short order here, we'll be able to have an institution compare themselves to a a peer group to a relevant group of of similar institutions, and so it's not just looking at uh, yourself as a as a bank in a vacuum, but it's being able to benchmark yourself against other other uh, other institutions as well. So that idea of peer analysis and peer benchmarking is going to be a uh, an even greater value here um, available to, to RMF consumers. So thank you very much for your perspective, uh, Beth and Michael. It was great to yeah, have you here today. You, Appreciate the uh, thoughts. Thank you. For more information on SRA, please visit srarisk.com. Watch or listen to our weekly Risk Intel podcast series or follow us on LinkedIn to learn more.